You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's 666 Park Avenue After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424. 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV six 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 Park Avenue After Show. What's up, everybody? Bing is for doing, and we're doing it here live in AfterBuzz Studios. I'm Dario Kristen, and you're watching six 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 Park Avenue South. The first episode, which we're really excited about, and I'm also joined by my lovely co-host. Everyone, please introduce yourselves. Hey, everyone. I'm Michelle Gracie. And I'm Sophia Stanley. And I'm JJ Jurgens. Well, guys, we finally saw the premiere. It was very exciting. I'm sure we have a lot to talk about and give our opinions on what we thought the first episode was all about. Uh, let's start with that opening scene. We started off seeing the building 999. In reverse, it was 666. I love that little shadow that was going on. But we have the opening scene with a violinist who's playing, who all of a sudden his nails and fingers are bleeding. And then we see him kind of later on going to the hotel and try and escape. And the hotel seems to suck the man back into to the door. So what did you guys think about that opening scene? Because I thought it was pretty freaky. I mean, it was. I thought it set the tone for what the show was really going to be about. What did you guys think? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I thought the opening scene was great. I loved, you know, the music, the, the impact of his hands starting to bleed. I thought, I thought it was really good intro to what the season or the show was going to be like. What did you think? See, I think I'm actually the opposite in the standpoint that I was like, why go back to your home? <laughs> Obviously, something is going on, and you knew it. And the frenzied nature, that's that's like mistake number one. So why do you really need to go get your passport? The fact that you potentially made some kind of deal with an evil spirit, you have your passport at a P.O. box or something, and even as, you know, he eventually obviously got out of the building and he said, thank you, God, you keep running. You keep running. But the fact that he was like, oh, I'm, I'm good because I'm literally outside of the building. No, you're still within the awning. The bu- you still belong to the building, so I, I think. So yes, I do agree with what JJ said that I think it started the 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 episode off very dramatically, but still the human element, which is I think exactly the stupid mistakes human beings make. I was screaming at the television. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the message, though, was really cool because how many times have you thought to yourself, like, oh, I just, I wish my name was, or I wish I had this, or what I wouldn't give for that. Mm -hmm. But when all is said and done, when you see him being sucked back into the house or the hotel or apartment building, whatever you want to call it, you're 
for me, I was like, you know, I'm kind of glad I don't have those things, and yeah. I'm just cool with being who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Very well said. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was it was it was nail biting though. I mean, I didn't expect that at the very beginning, so I thought that it was a good showcase of what was to come. Now, I, I like I was mentioning kind of before that shadow version of the way they had the nine 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 building and flipped it with the shadow of saying six six six. I thought that was pretty cool of the way that they kind of introduced that portion to the show. Very mm-hmm. creative. Very creative. Very creative. Good job, A. ABC. You mm-hmm. were drawing us in. So let's get into these residents, because they seem to be the major focal play of the entire show. So starting off, of course, we have Gavin and Olivia, who are the owners of the building, who we're still trying to figure out if Gavin is the devil himself or if he is just the... I'm, I'm calling him the crypt keeper, almost, of the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of, like, luring everybody in and makes the decisions. But we have we have him and Olivia. What did you guys think of their characters? I thought that they were a very handsome couple. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, people are attracted to things that are not really what they may seem to be. So, um, pretty interesting. I, I, I want to say ditto. Um, I think they're very seductive. I think that because they're a very handsome couple, they're very seductive. And I think that you would make the assumption that a couple who has that type of power and that type of status would be cold. Yeah. And they're the exact opposite. So I think that it is seducing. Mm-hmm. It's also a little unnerving. And it allows you to put your guard down. Yeah. JJ. I also I agree with everything you just said. I also listened to Vanessa Williams in an interview talking about the relationship and them as a couple and something that she really liked too was that that it's an interracial couple, mm-hmm. but it's nothing that's ever discussed. Like finally it's something that's like, you know, it's not taboo. Right. It's finally right. not it taboo. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, uh, I, I find that really refreshing, too. So, yeah, and and I think that I, they were believable to me. Um, and I think they're a good balance off of each other because of, of I living in New York, which some of us have, I really believe the characters of the way that Gavin was. He's this astute kind of hard you know, non-showing emotion businessman. And I think that he plays that character very well. And mm-hmm. then, of course, Olivia being Vanessa Williams, she plays the, you know, the supportive wife of the, you know, very rich husband. And, and she's very alluring in that sense, too. She's obviously very beautiful and very captivating for the show. So I, I think they're a very believable couple. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoyed their, their relationship. Um, but we also had the introduction of Jane and Henry, our Midwest couple who's coming in to possibly manage the building, which we find out they will be managing the building. But Jane is an arch- former or an architect, and Henry works in the political office. So we have them coming in. What did you feel about their characters? I mean, you know, coming from the Midwest, they seem like every couple that I know, you know, from the Midwest. So especially moving into the big city of New York, what do you guys think? So hopeful, you know, eyes are very glossy. Um, they're they're really cute, you know. Yeah, they're adorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I like that we learned that they didn't just arrive. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, had at least been living in Queens. They had a sublet. Right. Um, you know, he already had a job, so it's not as if he didn't have a job. And I think it was it's important that. Uh, Gavin even specifies that people who are managing the building, they still keep their day job. And mm-hmm. I think that's important because as we then, you know, see on on when they're uh, at the green or what the driving range mm-hmm. that 
Henry's job is going to be important to Gavin, given the fact that Gavin is a real estate mogul and Henry works at the zoning or the land commission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, given the nature of the businessman that he is, he is obviously collecting tenants that not only potentially he could take their soul, but from purely a business perspective, mm-hmm. he is setting up relationships to make him a better businessman. Yeah. He's playing chess with his tenants. Very, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and he even said that he was using her. That's how they were going to get to him, which I thought was an interesting little nugget in there, too. Yeah, we we didn't really find out exactly why he Mm -hmm. wants Henry so much, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where that that relationship develops. And I still go back to my prediction from last week. I still think he's, he's, he's looking for a second. He's looking for a replacement. Mm, yeah, that could be I it. think it has something that's to do a, with true. he works for the governor, mayor, governor, mayor, mayor, mayor yeah. I believe the land yeah. commission. Yeah. So I, uh, I think it's very business related. Yeah. Well, I think once once we reveal a little bit more or the episodes reveal a little bit more about why he wants him so much, it's probably it makes sense because of politics, you know, and it's, you know, some people say that people in politics sell their souls for the devil. So it does make sense of that relationship of he him wanting someone in that kind of arena. So and and just before we go on and Henry made his first misstep. When they were on the driving green and that guy obviously came and he basically said, he was like, it's illegal for me to have any type of interaction with him because Gavin says, you need to be careful of the company you keep, making mm-hmm. it seem as if they already knew one another. Yeah. And that's why Henry had to open his mouth and basically was like, I don't know him. And not only do I not know him, well, I know who he is, but I don't have a, a personal relationship with him. But given the position that I hold, it's illegal for me even to be speaking with him. That's true. And, yeah. he, and that was his initial instinct was to know that that was wrong. But then he brushed it aside. You should always trust your first instinct that even even in so much as he should have told his boss. That's when you tell your boss, I was at the driving range. It was not my doing. I was with, you know, Gavin Durant. This person came, blah, blah, blah. Put it on the record because then no one has anything on you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point. I didn't think about that, Mm -hmm. but that's true. And now we also have uh, Brian and Luis. They were the most interesting couple to me because I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but I heard, I think I heard you say, Michelle, some, some comment about men that we're going to get into a little bit later, but Brian... <laughs> I got your Uh-oh. back. I got your back, <laughs> Michelle. Yeah. But Brian is the, um, he he is a playwright, mm-hmm. and his wife, Luis, is a, seems to be a fashion, high-end fashion photographer, mm-hmm. yes. um, and they have a very re- interesting relationship because he is obviously obsessed with a young woman who he peeks around his computer who lives across the, the way from his office window and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems to have a lot of interest in her and then Louise is kind of she seems to be sort of emotionless almost I mean she was kind of hardcore with him they had a little scene where they were having sex and he asked her <laughs> if she got to the place where she needed to go and she said <laughs> no. no she said not really not which really. is even worse yeah. yeah I think that's worse actually I think I'd rather hear no I think what might be worse is also that during that she had her Blackberry laying on the bed right next to him not on the yeah. nightstand in yeah. the bed while they had sex that's yeah, yeah, it's, a little, yeah it's a little rough for you Brian I'm sorry man you know I'm rooting for you though <laughs> 
She's got that male energy. She's got the male energy. (laughs) And I was thinking the same thing. It's complete role reversal because at the end of the day, even the fact that he had to specify, I work. Because she was like telling him as she's on the phone, telling him what to do. And he's like, okay, like I'm busy. And she's thinking to herself, no, I bring in the money. I work. I don't know what kind of playwright writing stuff you do while you're at home, (laughs) but you will go do what I tell you to do. And I think that it's definitely male dominant energy. And I think that that's also, I'm not excusing him, but that's also what's opening the door potentially for him to be looking somewhere else, sure. literally and she, figuratively. Yeah. She's emasculating him. Yeah, Completely. She's, I was going to yes. say she's emasculating <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, but you seem, you said something earlier. You didn't seem to necessarily like his... Didn't you say something earlier? What did I say? I thought you said something about the male character. I thought when we were watching the, the show, you said something in reference to uh, I think I, because he was looking um, across the way at the character whose name is, is Alexis, Alexis right. who I want to call her something else for some Samantha. reason. Samantha. Samantha. Uh, but no, Alexis. And I thought that you had I made a comment. I think maybe you could be ma- mistaking what I said. I said that there was a certain aspect of the acting when he peered over the laptop, and I liked that, where obviously they made some kind of eye contact. Oh, okay. He then, you know, kind of leaned back, and he knew, okay, I looked the first time, you know, the day before. I'm looking again. I'm enticed. Let me stay there at the laptop. And then he came back over and the way that he lifted his eyebrow <laughs> was corny to me. It just it we just all it, chuckled. It, it was it was just it seemed But why corny? Why do you say it was that? it seemed childish and not in an in an effervescent way like, ooh, I'm kinda liking someone, I have a crush. No, it seemed it seemed forced in the same point that no, you're gonna come back down. You're not gonna raise your eyebrow. Like, what is that? I just thought it was. I thought it showed potentially his lack of masculine energy. I just didn't think that it was a dominant, aggressive move that seemed corny. Uh-huh. I have no I other words but corny. No, I, do, I have a question. I do. Ha- I did have a little bit of flaw with that scene. Would she really have been able to see him, see his expressions, Alexis' character, see his expressions that far away? I mean, could she really see him in, from that building? I think so. You think so? I lived in New York City for a very long time, and every time I looked across the way, I didn't see a dang thing. Me either. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> what I'm like. I, don't I know, that actually, seems... I think you could. I was in uh, downtown LA for Perch. Have you been there? Yes. Mm-hmm. For like yeah. at, at, at night, and you could see they were they were doing a photo shoot right across in the building next. And yeah, we could see people changing, moving. Okay. You, you could see it. Maybe I don't know I that I would see building. the eyebrow lift, but I <laughs> could definitely see expression. Yeah. I've seen. Yeah, I've lived in. DC and LA, and I see tons of stuff. <laughs> All right, we were living we, in the we wrong, in wrong buildings in New York the City. Sunrise and setting the wrong Or maybe I closed my curtains way too much. <laughs> now, I mean, I felt bad for the guy because, you know, he obviously loves his wife. He seems to really care about her. And unfortunately, uh, we're, we're going to see what temptation happens because there was one one statement that Gavin had made in reference to Brian that he, it seemed like he was another one of his kind of people that he was looking for to fall under his wing. It seemed like... It seemed oh, I disagree, but keep going. No, tell me why you disagree. I, I don't think under his wing. I think that he has a contract on him, yeah. which is a little bit different. I think there's a very big distinction between um, uh, Henry in the same point that I think Henry, Gavin has a very specific role for him, which is a little bit different than than the violinist, which is different than John that we'll get to, and I think which is different than, um, than uh, the, the playwright. 
I think with him, he's basically saying, okay, I brought you in because I thought that you could do something for me mm-hmm. and I expect great things from you. Or I, that means you, you need to deliver, which is different than I need to bring you into my inner circle. I, I still you. contend yeah. that with Henry, he's going, he wants to bring him into his inner circle, which is different than every, all the other tenants. Yeah. He wants something from them because he has a contract on them, which is just a little bit different. I do agree. I think he does want something different with Henry than, um, Sorry, what's his name? I know, we're uh, still learning the names. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian. 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 Yes. Brian. And I think Brian's more like the violinist and the ones where he said, look, you know, he had, the violinist had 10 years to like make his his dreams happen. Yeah. So he was under contract, had a certain amount of time to do things. I think the same thing with the, the playwright because he's like said, expecting great things from him. But I think he's also then being set up and being tempted and being, I think the, the girl Alexis is part of Gavin's temptation plan mm-hmm. to mess with him, you know, and, and push his, push him. Exactly. And that's exactly why he's taking the <laughs> wife out of the situation. Well, that's what I was going to say yeah. next. Yeah. But M- Michelle, you look like you have something you want to say on that. Oh no, I'm just listening okay. to you guys. I mean, this, this is, this show is like an onion and we're just like unraveling, <laughs> unraveling the layers and the characters. And it's, it's very deep. You know, a lot of things are being said through each action. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and you, Sophia, you just mentioned about um, them possibly wanting to take out Luis. So do you think that that elevator scene, there was an elevator scene tonight where they, mm. Brian and Luis were leaving. I, I don't remember where they were going, but they were going and they had a dinner reservation. Oh, a dinner and reservation. even she was like, don't be late. Like, even though he was obviously working, <laughs> right. yeah. she was like, don't be late. They're not going to hold our table. <laughs> and all of a sudden the, the elevator door opens, he walks out and slam. She, yeah. try, she tries to get but out of the elevator. But also it's because again, her. she goes into him again and she was like, you're a horrible liar. That's when they're having the interaction about Alexis. He's asking her questions. Why? Because he's trying to get rid of Alexis. So he's actually doing the right thing. He knows that he has attraction to this young lady and he's like, okay, I need to get her out of the situation because that is temptation literally mm-hmm. at my front door. She basically is like, oh, well, why? It's because she's smoking hot. He basically says no. And then she goes, you're a bad liar. And that's exactly <laughs> when the elevator karma. hits her in the head. It's karma. The evil karma. The 666 <laughs> karma. That's true. But I don't think she's dead. I think she. it's yes. integral for her to be potentially in the hospital for sympathy, for Alexis to come over and blah, blah. You see where it's going. Well, but yeah, I don't think she's dead. Was that no, the question no, you were yeah. about to ask yeah, me? I was yeah, ask that. No. yeah. But, uh, yeah. But we also will sort of figure find that out too because Alexis is now her assistant correct she's yeah. a yes. photographer yes. assistant so I think that they're probably going to play a little bit more with their, their relationship of Alexis and Brian and then somehow um uh, excuse me. What's, I'm still like we said. We're learning. Louise, yeah, Louise, just, mm-hmm. Louise, figuring out like what's going on. Like, there is there some type of affair that's happening, or is he at his computer a little bit too long at night? Um, you know, wh- whatever that reveals. I think. And wasn't Alexis the one that we read talked about last week that eventually she's going to have some connection to Olivia? Oh yes, that's right. yeah. so I think you're right. I think you're in the right. past, they had. Well, I don't know what that's going to be. Well, yeah, that's that's a man. That could be a nice. That'll be a nice prediction too. Mm-hmm. All right. So then, um, carrying on with the residents in the house, we have John Barlow and his wife Mary Barlow. So John seems to have a contract, obviously, with Gavin. Uh, it seems that he's murdering some people for Gavin. So he's going through a list. We saw tonight that he had a. They were at, when they were at the golf range. Gavin and Henry and um, I. The, the the character that actually John goes after the business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that he 
contracts John to go after that guy later on to try and attempt. But to let get just him. before we go there, but specifically the guy said, "I would rather go bankrupt than do a deal with you." And yeah. I think that there was a level of intensity that went beyond potentially yeah. financial, where especially Gavin was so matter of the fact, like, "Okay, no, like you're you're about to lose your property and you have no money, so I'm going to buy it from you." Yeah. And he was like, no, basically, he, in essence, said, over my dead body. Mm-hmm. Well, he got what he wanted. <laughs> or an attempt no, yeah. at it. He didn't, almost, yeah. he didn't yeah. get it, but an attempt <laughs> at it. He almost got what he, what he was saying. But he, he, uh, he used John to actually go after um, the, the, the businessman, mm-hmm. which was, what's his name again? We don't know his name. Yeah. Okay. He was a we'll, smaller character was a smaller at this character. point in time. We'll yeah. figure out his name later. But uh, So he had John go after him, and then John ends up not doing putting killing him and we see that john's character or john's character's john's wife mary actually is someone who he's killing all these people to keep her alive and once he does not do that the reveal is that we find out that mary actually ends up well but she was already dead yeah yeah Yeah. she's like a ghost and i think that's an interesting contract because when you do think about what the things in your life what would you do what would you you know for me it's like i would give anything to see my grandmother again you know so that one i think is a good one that kind of it's not he doesn't want to be the best violinist he doesn't want to be you know he wants his wife back and i think that's an interesting contract to to that people can relate to wanting something like that so badly but you know he's not he realizes that he can't go through with the contract and kill and to make it work that's true and and i think i i agree with you wholeheartedly from an emotional perspective but i also think it's a lack of thinking about the practical aspect of it so for instance even when he brought mary outside it didn't make sense to me so your wife died mm-hmm. people know she died she's obviously still in the same form that she wasn't before you're going to just walk her outside to potentially have a neighbor go oh my god mary no, like, well, it, it, but anyone who would, you know, agree to kill someone for their wife to come back from the dead is probably not in the right mind good frame. Point. <laughs> good point. And to what Michelle's saying, I also thought about the way we kind of had this conversation about The Shining last week. Is it that everybody could still see her or is it oh, that only oh, he yeah. could see her? Because that's kind okay. of the situation that happened in The Shining. There were things that were going on with certain characters that only... Um, people That's, only that individual could see. So I was wondering, is is this That's a very good that point. same and then type of the only thing? No, go ahead, JJ. Well, I was too. The, and then the, she didn't remember because remember he was like, "Let me. Sh- this is where we had our first date, or where you smiled at me." And well, and, and that got me confused because I thought, "Wait, what?" So she died, but she forgets all this, and now he has yeah. to reteach her. So that was a, kind of a little hiccup for me too. Yeah. And but, for me, you know, I'm obviously a fan of multiple ABC shows, so I actually cannot wait until it, tomorrow morning to watch again because yeah. remember. Remember, there was a scene when Jane was um, at the library and she was doing research and she came across the news clipping of Mary Barlow's death. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think That's it right. said, and I could be wrong, didn't it say suicide yes. and it psychic? It did. it did. Right? And it also said psychic. Oh, I missed that part. Right? Missed that so, part so and, I, and I could be making that up. It could be my own wishful thinking in my own way. But again, and we're, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but again, I think that her connection with Jane, the fact that she's a psychic, and Jane obviously has some kind of empathic abilities, and the way that she then says... You should have never come here. They're never going to let you go. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a reason that that was the first vision that she saw. And then that was one of the first characters to come back and then to leave to potentially give her that message. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, yeah, that's, I mean, that makes sense. But then why, why do you think that uh, Mary was appearing in the basement with Jane? Do you think that she was trying to tell her something? Because that was kind of weird. When she was down in the laundry room, mm-hmm. we saw that you could see this silhouette of, of Mary in the background, which at the time we didn't know who she was. But then you see the silhouette of her. Do you think that she was trying to tell her something or give her some messaging? I think it's exactly the message she gave her. Which was, which was, you should have never come here. They're never going to let you leave. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she tells her that at the end. Yeah. Do you think that was definitely Mary, though? Because that I was before so. we saw no, her. No, and I agree with room. you. Did it, did it look more like a little kid? It looked a little bit younger to me. I was thinking maybe it's um, the daughter. Yes. Oh. The Durant's daughter. Oh, the Durant's daughter. Yes. Mm. And I got that vibe, too, that it was younger. Mm. See, yeah. I thought it was Mary. It, looked, it just seemed like her silhouette, and yeah. she had the white kind of dress gown on. I feel like all girls wear white. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it I think it might have been somebody else because because they didn't introduce Mary until later up in the room when he's like I have some so it would have been a little odd to show her that early on and then come back to that if she was just Yeah, I thought oh, it was a te- right. I thought it was a no, tease. Right. Yeah, I thought it was just a tease kind of build up of her but that yeah, makes sense as well. Time will tell. Time yeah. will tell on 666. <laughs> and speaking of time, um I know that you are taking time to watch and listen to our After Buzz show of 666 Park Avenue, but we also want you to go to iTunes and rate and comment our show, and also rate and comment for other shows. We have about 50 episodes a week. We not only have 666 Park Avenue, we have Sons of Anarchy, Homeland, Revolution, um, Honey Boo Boo, <laughs> which I'm addicted to that show now, but that's a whole other different subject, The New Normal, um, and Scandal, which Sophia sits on, who's sitting with us right now as well, as well as Dexter. Ooh, yeah. So please go and listen to all of those shows. Go to iTunes, rate and comment. Believe me, we definitely pay attention to all that stuff and make sure that we want to make sure that we improve each week for the shows and give you exactly what you want. So definitely go to iTunes, rate and comment us and listen to our other uh, podcast. And they have an app. They have an app that you can download and it kind of organizes all of your podcasts. And actually one of um, my gladiators for Scandal, they actually listened to our After Buzz show while they were on a plane going from LA to New York. So if you're in traffic, if you're on a plane, if you're working out, hello, it's like the best thing if you're at work (laughs) and no one needs to know what you're doing. You just put us on on iTunes. Tunes and you listen to us, um, you know, with the with the podcast and with the app that they have. So just rate, comment, listen to us all the time, all the and time. tell a friend. Tell a friend. <laughs> tell many. Tell family members. Oh, and there was one individual that I was, or one thing that I did not introduce tonight. I know we introduced all of our hosts, but we also have our special guest who's going to be joining us every week to ward away all spirits. It's our candle, Jesus himself in the house to ward away all the evil 666 spirits that may try Triple six. Triple six that may try and invade the studio at some point while we're giving this wonderful, wonderful recap for you. So just, you know, he's going to be here Mm -hmm. for the remainder of the season. All right, back to the characters. Let's talk about our girl, Nona. She's an interesting uh, Mm -hmm. character to add, I think, to the development of the show. She seems to be psychic. Uh, We don't know all of the information on her yet, but she has definitely seemed to take an attachment towards Jane and, Mm -hmm. and giving some type of messaging to her. What do you guys think about the character Nona? She's really cute. I really like her. I can't wait to know more about her. I think they keep her a little bit, you know, they're they're going to reveal a little bit more about her probably later. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I can't wait. What do you guys think? Yeah. 
You go ahead. Um, I think it was great because I think that from her first introduction, you know, she obviously said, I hope you get the job without knowing who they were. And I think that only Jane picked up on it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that says something. I think that when she ran into her again and the fact that Jane was startled, I think that's important. I think the fact that she is so um, kind of open to tell Jane what's going on in the building in terms of the basement. She was almost directing her to the basement. I think that the fact that she commented on Jane's necklace important. I think the mm-hmm. fact that she then said there's a thief. She's the thief. She's the thief. <laughs> yeah. right? Telling on herself. Telling on herself. Um, and then I think the fact that she then took the necklace, which is the same necklace that Olivia commented on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think all of this um, ties into each other. And then, you know, towards the end of the episode, the fact that, that when she was holding the necklace, she had a vision of Jane in the same red dress running and obviously some kind of hatchet or some type of attack happening. Mm-hmm. So I think that she's going to be extremely integral in terms of... I think potentially communicating with Jane and giving Jane little nuggets to follow as it relates to the history of the Drake. But more importantly, I think that she's going to be we're going to see visions through her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of what's to come. Do we see what symbol that was on the necklace? That's what I was trying no, to figure out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we did if we can pause it. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I watched like shows like 10 times. Right. Yeah, we all commented that the necklace we think is going to be a big part or means something. So I don't know if maybe Jane's, you know, it was her grandmother, so maybe her grandmother was a psychic back in the day. With the same time when this, what was it, the band of what was it, the, the band, band of brothers? Dragon, the band brothers. Dragon. Oh, sorry, Dragon you're right. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know that maybe something might come out with that because they really it was the did brotherhood. Build, the brotherhood, of, the brotherhood, yeah, the order of the dragon. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you're saying? So I'm sorry, you're saying? No, I, I think they're. I'm interested to see what comes out of the necklace and the symbol, and you know, there was just so many mentions of it, and having it been her grandmother's, I think that there's something in Jane's past that maybe her grandmother was a psychic as well, and like battled the, like, maybe that brotherhood or, I don't know, something's going to come out with that I think. Uh, I think that's good. I agree. I I, I can't wait to find out because it obviously, as we were saying, the relationship between those two seems going to be really Mm -hmm. developed throughout the series. And I think they obviously Mm -hmm. made it a child on purpose. I think it's, it's it's always symbolic when you have children because I think that regardless of whether or not she actually has psychic ability or the fact that so many aspects of, you know, what is it? We only use five or 10 percent of our brain and yeah. that arguably there's a certain some certain people believe that there's a certain aspect of psychic ability that just means that certain people are utilizing more of their brain potential than others and that children all have that ability and it's society or adults that prevent them from tapping into mm-hmm. that ability or that power. So I think the fact that she's young, you know, and obviously we haven't seen her parents and she obviously lives at this, you know, (laughs) this amazing address. So again, she's probably a latchkey kid that has a trust fund or something of that nature. So she feels very comfortable speaking to adults without a filter. So I think all of that's going to come into play. Yeah. And I was wondering, I was like, where are her parents? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's New York. She said something about her grandmother. Do you have my grandmother's package? Yeah, she did. Oh. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. And children are a little bit more pure, usually. Yeah. So that is definitely a message there. That's true. They say, uh, what, children and, and animals? That's what they say. Get the uh, psychic readings a lot of times. The, the intuition mm-hmm. of both. So we'll see. I, she's she's a good character. Though. I like her. What about Mr. Tony DeMoya? I said last week he's he's my guy. He's the doorman. So he's going to know what's going on in, in this <laughs> building. And, and we we got a slight introduction of him. We know that he uh, met when he was introducing the building to Jane and Henry. He spoke about that it was 
he was hoping to get the same mm-hmm. the the job of managing the building, but unfortunately, uh, would he say Olivia had passed on him, or or Olivia didn't want him to get the position? I think. Oh, or something I didn't like catch that. that. I didn't catch which one he said. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm, I think that his character is definitely going to be somebody who who's going to know a lot of what's going on in this building. Absolutely. Has anyone here mm-hmm. ever had a doorman? They know yeah. everything. <laughs> That's what I said last week. Yeah. <laughs> but then. They know. They know. He's my favorite, hands down. I can't wait to get to know him better. But then, see, I had the opposite reaction. If he knows everything, then why does he want the job? Everyone else is going with a lack of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So presumably all these people are making contracts not knowing what they're signing up for. He's the doorman. If anyone has a clue of the the fact that something sinister is going on, he does. So the fact that he wanted that job, that to me says that he, of any of the characters, is the one person who's like, I'm actually willing to to make a deal with the devil. Fully knowing. I actually kind of agree with that, too, because I also thought, um, did you notice he really wasn't too speedy to help get Louise out of the elevator? Yo, not he at, wasn't all. at all. You know, and yeah. if, and if he actually doorman, didn't help her. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he just looked, he actually. Just, right. Yeah. You know? Okay, well, I kind of disagree with you guys. Have you ever been in an emergency situation when you just happen to freeze yeah. and and you yeah. wish that you could have moved faster, but out of fear or shock, you just don't move as fast as you wanted to? Yeah. So yeah. there's that, okay. And then I want to say, you know, some people are not as aware of, like, he may know mm-hmm. things that are yeah. going on in the building, but some people don't always have that awareness. Like, I feel like I kind of am a little bit aware of energy and I'm like, ooh, you know, but some people are not. Not. Some people are a little bit that's more a, aloof, you know. A that's a great mm-hmm. point. Yeah, that's maybe point. we'll see. You know, that's a great mm-hmm. point. We'll see. I, I but I, I agree with both you guys. I think that he maybe in that situation he just didn't really know how to interact. But I do think that down the line he is going to have a lot more information than I, I think he wants to be a part of Gavin's world more than what's shown right now. Mm-hmm. That's I think, mm-hmm. and I think it'll show that down the line. Um, all right. What about our girl Alexis, who is clearly the sexual fantasy of our man Ryan? Uh, oh heck no! <laughs> Let me tell you about that girl. Okay. Oh, reaction in the room over her. I just want to say that okay, for men, it is okay when a bird flies over the nest. It's like it just happens. Okay, <laughs> it's not your fault, you know. But if you build the nest and let them nest there and have babies there, then that's when the problem occurs. Okay, but here, this good guy is trying to do right by his wife right and then the bee comes mm-hmm. over meets the wife becomes her assistant goes back to the house looks him dead in the eye mm-hmm. raises her eyebrow and drops her now if girls could just be on the same page you know we we would hold the key to monogamy <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I have well, no worries well, perfect yeah <laughs> Alexis I don't like you yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to be my friend yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, and the show's over. Yeah, there's nothing more that needs to, to be say. said. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, come on. I know there's something. No, I mean, that was perfectly astute. Perfect. JJ? No, I, I totally agree. And that's why I think she's, you know, she's in on it and she's part of, she's the temptation and she's part of Gavin's plan. And yeah, she's horrible. Yeah, she is. person. And of course, because um, Louise is going to be in the hospital, she's going to have to take on oh, more responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, she she's going to be at the home. Obviously, to a certain extent, Louise works out of the house, so she's going to have to have a reason to be there. Blah, blah, blah. Trouble. 
well, it's Luis's fault because if she wasn't so rude to Brian, <laughs> this never would have happened. He already, he already loved his wife. He wouldn't have been tempted so much by some of the the things that Alexis is is presenting to him. If you know his wife was a little nice to, nicer to him, so you know I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to walk in my car tonight. <laughs> no, I mean, I, but I think I think that that's why this show has the underpinnings of being really great and just like Michelle said it has the layers and it has onions I think that when things are black and white it's easy to point and say someone's good yeah. and someone's bad right. life only exists in the shades of gray right no book reference intended I really <laughs> didn't mean that book reference yeah. but I, I think that there's always a give and a take in a relationship. So no one is – if you cheat, you're wrong. Right. That's just a given. But yes, does it just happen at that moment? No. There are there are choices that are made and there are holes that are built in relationships. And I think that literally is going to be the show. That nothing happens right here at, at point Z. It literally is A, you make a choice and you knew it was wrong. Yeah. Maybe a little wrong, but you knew it was wrong. And then B, and it keeps moving and it keeps moving and it keeps moving. And then you have the potential to do something. So even, for instance, with John, he obviously killed a judge. That was step one, mm -hmm. right? But before that happened, they obviously had to have had some conversations where Gavin knew he could propose that he kills a judge for his wife. Right. Do you know what I mean? You just, yeah, you just don't true. go, okay, you're yeah. going to kill a judge. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? There has to be something before, before that. that. And so I think that's going to be the nature of the show, and that's what's going to make it interesting, is it isn't just do this or else. Right. I think that's why the show started there, and now it's going to work backwards. And it's going to be a lot more sinister. It's going to be a lot slower. It's going to literally – it's going to brew. It's going to boil. Yeah. Well, with, even what you were saying with Gavin, how he's utilizing Jane, it was the scene where they were at the um, orchestra where she was sitting in front of him and all of a sudden she could feel his presence on her neck. Do you think mm -hmm. that some of these things that Gavin is going after, after his, his uh, what, do, what do we want to call them, his victims, I'll say, um, are these things that are orchestrated in the mind of the individual and then they be and, and Gavin plays off of them and they become life. Like obviously with Brian, his, maybe his temptation with Alexis, but what, what is this? What is the role with, with Jane and, and her temptations with Gavin? Like what, where do you think that that stems from? I mean, what, what is, what is it that he's able to do to utilize her? Like, do, do you understand what I'm saying? I do understand what you're saying, but I think it's exact opposite. I don't, I don't think for right now, I don't think she's tempted by him. I think that he's tempted by her because it, it stems back from the, their initial interaction when he basically dismisses them. She's the one who steps up, right? He basically dismisses them and says, oh, you know what? I need someone who's qualified. You guys obviously aren't qualified. So basically I'm dismissing you. Right. She steps up, asserts herself, asserts how competent she is, her knowledge of the building, her knowledge of architecture. That basically is an alpha alpha move, right? Mm -hmm. He's obviously a very dominant person. He's going to respect that, mm -hmm. right? So that's the first thing. Then the second thing is just in the same way that that um, you know, Olivia and Gavin speak about that's their connection to Henry, right? Mm -hmm. right. So he knows he needs to get to her, right? He hasn't figured out quite how. The fact of the matter is it's not her temptation of towards him. It's his temptation towards her. 
when she walked in, it was undeniable. Like, he obviously turned to his wife and was like, well done. That was basically mm-hmm. his way of saying, like, she's absolutely stunning, but a little bit more than that. So, obviously, as they're sitting there watching, that's literally what he wanted to do. Was He was actually, whether or not it's time, space, shifting, or his intention, his intention was he was kissing her on the back of her neck. Right. I think it's very symbolic that not only did she feel him, she saw it. She saw and it, had yeah. a visible reaction and turned around. Yeah. And then later on, when... You know, her boyfriend kisses her in that same manner. She recoiled. Yeah. If she had, in fact, leaned into it, that would have showed that she was tempted. The recoiling means that that thought process that came back in her head literally repulsed her. And that's why the next scene is, are we going to be okay here? Mm -hmm. And she actually says to him, I felt something. People who are tempted in a negative way never communicate things with their significant other. She was very open. She literally Mm -hmm. said, you know, there was a moment I felt something. I felt Gavin was looking at me in a weird way. And her boyfriend dismisses her and says, you've drank too much. He did. You're (laughs) right. And so then then, then she Mm -hmm. goes one more step and she goes, are we going to be okay here? She is the moral compass. She is very aware of what's going on and she is articulating in a way that there's no, there's no subtext. I I think that she's a straight shooter. Okay. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I I think a a comment that was made between um, Henry and Gavin at the driving range, too, he said, um, hold on, I wrote this one down. Um, When they're golfing, he said, with ambition, there is risk. And then Henry Mm, said, so I'm gambling with my life. Mm -hmm. You know, so he clearly sees ambition in these people. And he sees, yeah. So I think kind of he... Her ambition, though, is what's going to get him because she because she does have the moral compass. She's not going to give into it, but she's going to keep believing that, you know, she's not making this stuff up. She she felt him, you know, and then I think that's where she's going to end up being the one to fight him and not making it easy for him to get to Henry like he wants. Yeah. Yeah. I see a battle coming along down the down the line with those two for sure. It was very interesting. Do you think that. Um, Mrs. Durant dressed um, Jane for Mr. Durant. Yeah. Really? Hmm. I didn't pick that one up. I definitely think so. I, I think mm. Michelle's spot on. Because so even, it's, it's, it's all part hmm. of the plan. It's totally all part of the plan. That's why he said, well done, my dear. And even she was, she was even taken aback about at how beautiful she in fact looked. But it was huh. totally wow. the plan. I didn't, I didn't get that one. I didn't Come get that she yeah. dressed him for for Mister. I I got that she succeeded in really sh- giving um, Jane this taste of the luxurious, the luxurious life, life. I and it how it looked sense. to like yeah. come out and feel stunning in a four thousand dollar dress and and put it, put him on this level that that she would maybe start to really like. That like lifestyle. lifestyle, yeah, that's yeah. where that's kind of where I took it from, and it was the kind of the, their attempt at luring them mm-hmm. into, you know, that lifestyle. So she, it's easier for them to manipulate mm-hmm. her into getting what they want out of of Henry. Inevitably. Manipulative yeah, people usually right. have a plan and a selfish reason why. And you know, the rich people sometimes they get a little freaky and they're a little weird. <laughs> they're so a little bored. On ABC, yeah. <laughs> Six, six, well, let's move on into the uh, the dragon symbol that that Jane keeps coming across in the building. Um, we saw that she had, she read an article that it was uh, the dragon symbol from the Brotherhood from 1927. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this Brotherhood is the the Devil Brotherhood that's going to be revealed a little mm-hmm. bit later? Or what was your take on on this whole dragon symbol that was in the hotel, Sophia? I know you you you're like um, you know you're across from me. I'm always going to look for you. <laughs> okay. for Brotherhoods are always evil. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but no, oh, but I mean, well. no, but literally, because at the end of the day, 
obviously it's foreshadowing. The Drake is is a, a pseudonym for dragon. Yeah. It's the brotherhood of the dragon. Obviously, it's a matter of pulling up things from nature. Dragons, again, what do they do? They have fire. They burn things down. Yeah. They're not perceived as a good thing. I still contend, though, that in order for this show to have life, things aren't going to be as simple as good and evil. So in, what, in, what in, in any regard, so any kind of whether or not you you call it a brotherhood, whether or not you call it the Masons, whatever a cult or fraternity you have always has the potential to have good and evil. Why? Mm. Because whenever you have something that's secretive and has a lot of power that people can't see, it just depends whether or not they direct it towards good or they direct it towards evil. And I think that's going to be the underlying pinning. So I think that it's going to have an evil undertone, but it necessarily didn't start off that way. It's it's going to have to have layers. And sometimes, you know, uh, when some people are ultimately doing evil, they have this mindset where they're like, well, that person did X, Y, and Z, so mm-hmm. they deserve this. And I'm really mm-hmm. helping the world out by taking care of them. Um, so sometimes it, it's a little bit gray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not legal, but gray. Not legal, yeah. But gray. <laughs> <laughs> JJ, do you, what do you think? Um I don't have much more to add on that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I agree with both of what you said. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be something definitely symbolic with the Drake, as you were kind of mentioning. And I think there's gonna be. I, I don't know. I, I don't even feel like there was at some point there was something good with it. I think it's all been evil, and it's it it's it's some type of underground devilish brotherhood that's taken place that's always been there with the hotel. I don't even mm-hmm. think there's gonna be any good. Transpiring from that, I think it's all going to generate from something that's an, e- an evil base down the line. Yeah, so. and something so evil that they then boarded it up, you know, yeah. put the wall up so you couldn't get to that area. Yeah, or, or past that area. I mean, yeah. So, all right, well, we're going to move into some news and gossip. Let you guys have TV news. JJ, what you got for us? Uh, well, I don't have a lot tonight, but we do have that Rachel Taylor was shooting a uh, commercial. She, she directed it herself, and she went topless for it. That a girl. Uh, but she, she, yeah. She's probably supporting the Brits, you know, Australia, England, same colonization. Yeah. Uh, it was a clothing brand that she uh, is a um, ambassador for called Bonds. And I actually watched the, the little two-minute clip, and it was very, very nice. I mean, I didn't see anything. But it's <laughs> sure, like, yeah, yeah, just sure. the back, but you know, <laughs> you know, good for her. Don't good for her. Fun. Hey, she looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and oh, you know what? I did have one other. Um, so didn't know until last week that this was actually based off of a book. So today we brought the book in. So if any of you guys want to get the book out there, it's called The Dark Glamour, a 666 Park Avenue novel by Gabriella Pierce. I'll be getting that, I think. Yeah, yeah I want to check that out. Yeah. I only read the first chapter so far, and there was different characters and things, so I, I thought it might go along. Looks like it's not And exactly it's funny, it. they, but it's, it's funny because I actually did know that it was based on a book, and I think that what they're doing is they're, they're putting the characters in different positions. So wherein I think the Gavin and Olivia character, it's almost like Gavin goes to Europe, falls in love with the Olivia-type character, she comes back to New York and meets his family. And so even though there's a building, it's more that he's she's meeting his family, which mm-hmm. is different than they're bringing a couple into the building. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. But I think the characters, and I love being able to read something and try to figure out the pieces. So I think that the pieces are all there. They're just shuffled in a different mm-hmm. order. Mm, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. 
So is that all the news and gossip we have for tonight? Well, I think the only other the only other news and gossip, and and you know, on on Twitter later, I'll I'll try to tell everyone the exact article, but. They were mentioning in terms of Olivia, Vanessa Williams' character, that she is actually very comparable to a mob wife mm. in the same point that when she initially got together with Gavin, she was unaware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But obviously, once you're aware and you stay, then you com- become complacent and not only complacent, but complicit in whatever is going on. So even if you go back to the opening scene with a violinist and his hands are bleeding, she looks at Gavin in a way that she knows that he's doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's going to come into play and obviously even reference to her daughter that that passed that away, passed away. Yeah. that she even though they're a couple and they're in this together I don't necessarily think she's always a willing participant or I think that how she came to the situation may be either similar to the tenants in the building but definitely I think she is not 100% evil wherein I think we can see that Gavin is 100% evil yeah. even though in predictions I'm actually going to make a different prediction mm-hmm. that he's not 100% evil. I Guilty. just want to see where her base, why she was chosen by Gavin, but I'm sure we'll find that out later on in the episodes. Like, why her? You know, yeah. what is it that she? She's gorgeous. Well, besides <laughs> that, we know Miss Vanessa is a fine lady. But besides that, all right, guys. Well, thank you, JJ and Sophia, for those news and gossip reports. So I think we should move into some predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV. <laughs> going to start with you, Michelle. What do you think the predictions are for next week? Or for the season, whichever one you like. Um, I try not to predict the future because I don't have a glass ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I am excited to take the journey with you all and watch it and talk about it as it unfolds. <laughs> all right, Sophia. Okay, I'll make it quick. Um, I like I said, I do I don't think that Gavin is hundred percent evil. I think that on the driving range he gave up gave up a lot of information. The fact that he bought the building in nineteen eighty six, it was his first property as a real estate mogul. It has uh dub- like um the value has doubled twelve different times, and that obviously has been the base of his power, literally and figuratively. That was his contract with the devil. He was a college dropout. So mm-hmm. as a college dropout, how did he first of all have the capital to buy this building, he bought the building, you know, back in 1986, and now it's basically become this this center of luxury um, society as well as his financial stability. That obviously was when he made his deal with the devil, mm. and now mm-hmm. he's become successful. Mm. I like that. JJ? I kind of said mine earlier. My one main prediction was just that I think with the necklace that, that tying into Jane's grandma, that something's going to really come out that her grandmother was a psychic, too. Mm-hmm. And, and I think as we see more and more Jane having these visions, like how we, we know that she didn't just dream watching Mary commit suicide again because her feet were dirty. So we all had that discussion that it's not just a dream. You know, she's living these things as well. So I think there's going to be another factor that... Something that comes out about her mother also. Her mother. Yeah. I mean, her grandmother. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that Jane is going to fall further into Gavin's wrath of um, his evilness. And I think they're going to actually have a little bit of an affair. That's what I predict. Ooh. Never. Oui. That's what I think. That's what and I'm I take the with. opposite of that bet. We're going to go toe-to-toe on that one. We're going to go toe-to-toe. So you heard it today. That's the exclusive between <laughs> Sophia and I. We're going to fight. Where can everybody be found? <laughs> Where can everybody found? You can find me at Miss Manizer on Twitter. 
um, at Sophia Stanley, um, and that's Sophia with an F for frightened. <laughs> <laughs> at JJ Jorgens. At Dario Kristen, and thank you guys for watching our premiere episode of 666 Park Avenue. We're crazy excited for next week, for next week's part two episode, so be sure to tune in, and don't forget to rate and comment on iTunes. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 